Meanwhile, I'm looking for a great warrior. Oh. <laughs> Wars not make one great. <laughs> wow, this place is great. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Hello and welcome back to the Hall of Greatness. I am your co-host, Andy Wilson, and with me is... JB Flinders, as always. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. welcome. So, uh, yeah. Hey, JB. Happy World Guitar Day. Thank you, Andy. Uh, No one I'd rather share Guitar Day with than my favorite bass player. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, uh, So, for those who don't know, JB and I were in a band together in high school, and that's how we first really became super solid friends. And so... JB just told me today, hey, it's World Guitar Day. And I'm like, well, I think we, I think you said we need to talk about this. Definitely. I I think there's a, because guitars are such an important part of not only our lives, but our friendship, I thought it'd be fun to kind of just give some background into what they mean to us, especially on a, on a day like today. So uh, I I wanted to kind of do a quick Hall of Greatness Q&A about the greatness of guitars in our lives. So if, if that works for you, I, I have yes. a couple of interesting guitar-related questions for you. Well, because we, we're we just going to say guitars are great. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the very nature of the guitar uh, is is something that we consider already great. So right. ev- even a guitar where a B string never stays in tune, which I'm sure we'll talk about here yes, indeed. shortly. So, so Andy, I want to start this off by uh, the the first question I have for you is: What is the first guitar you remember one owning, and two, seeing someone play and going, "Oh wow, that's that's a guitar. I want one of those." All right. So, the first one I ever owned, you you know this. I I had one of those Squire Stratocasters. It was. <laughs> Yeah, it was black and white, uh, very, you know, straight up uh, similar. Uh, And I am just amazed that the price on the Squire Stratocaster has remained at about the same point for the last (laughs) 20 years. And the quality is about the same. Yeah, it hasn't changed at all. (laughs) No. So uh, I I think I got that for my 14th birthday, uh, if, if I remember. Um, the first one I remember seeing, though, where where I really thought about it, um, I think the first band I ever cared about what guitars they were playing was probably Pearl Jam, and uh, noticing the uh, the the Fender Gibson mix that they always did, and it was usually a Strat and a Les Paul, um, but but sometimes changing it around. But that was their basic mo, and uh, kind of noticing that. Uh, throughout a lot of music that people were just doing, you know, strats and, and Les Pauls and what, why that was and what that meant. I think that's a, I'm trying to remember. So obviously my first guitar uh, was purchased for me by my mother and it's still the guitar I write music on. It's still the one I play. I have it with me, of course. It is an old Yamaha FG 401. And I remember my mom got it for me after my dad left uh, as something to just kind of help me through the process of divorce. And 
it's it's still here. I, like I said, I still write on it. It's still one of the things I would say that has definitely changed my life for the better. Uh, interestingly enough, the second guitar I sort of consider owning is uh, Andy Squire because <laughs> I ended up playing that for so many years. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, and while you had switched to the bass, um, right. and then you know, we obviously you had the Ovation, and I had this Yamaha that we would we would play our acoustic stuff with, right. which was always fun. Uh, my first bass, I believe, was a four string Ibanez that I picked up from a pawn shop down on State Street in Salt Lake. So what was what was your first bass? Do you remember my which first bass? It's the same one that, that I played. Uh, and it's actually the only bass I've ever owned. It was by some random company named Vantage. Uh, it's essentially a, uh, a Fender uh, P bass style, uh, you know, just single pickup offset. Nothing fancy about it. Pretty cheap, but you know, was was decent, decent enough for what we were doing at least. Uh, so yeah, that and yeah, that was that was my base. I remember that base quite well. Uh, it used to make a really strange popping bassy sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it when it was turned up too loud or when it was hit too hard? I can't remember. Both, probably. <laughs> you could... And and it got a very interesting nickname, which you called. Uh, yes, the, the fart bass. <laughs> the fart bass, yes. It was. the sound it made. Yeah, Which, <laughs> luckily, with our music style, didn't really change too much of the song. Uh, so that was that was pretty helpful. I think the first guitar I remember was it, the strat was always one i remember seeing mm-hmm. uh, i remember the deleo played i think it was like a gibson les paul mm-hmm. uh, in some of the videos so i remember looking at that guitar and going what is that and looking it up and finding out how much it cost and going why do you do that to yourself yeah why uh, is that guitar two thousand dollars what the hell yeah you know which i didn't know at the time was the cheaper version of a gibson right right um but but that that lends me to an, another question which is you know i grew up playing relatively inexpensive guitars you know i own a bunch of schecters i have a strat uh i i just recently got um like a and then an epiphone. Um, but what I always wondered, and I wanted to get your take on this here on world guitar day, we knew a lot of people who grew up very talented musicians and they would play the Ibanez with the pegs, right? Or they'd mm-hmm. play a Jackson or they'd play, you know, some, some entry level guitars and they would, they would really kill it with these guitars, but they would always hope to get, you know, the $5,000 Gibson. And I always wondered what you thought about that because, you know, it's like you dance with the girl you brought, right? Mm -hmm. And part of me wonders if, you know, you made the music that you love on this guitar, why all of a sudden would you switch to another one? Now, I say this as a guy who records on a Martin instead of his Yamaha. Mm -hmm. So I understand that there are some reasons to do that. But it was just always one of those really interesting things that I wasn't sure about and what your take was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, 
everybody wants to have that and it really is amazing uh there are a lot of really great youtube videos though if you go search of people who are uh different gearheads and and so on and and guitar testers or they own guitar stores and they do like most expensive epiphone versus cheapest les paul and they do like okay. blind sound tests and like can you tell the difference and it's really interesting to like try and stack up you know what what's in the name how much are you paying for the brand i i think it's kind of the same thing like oh you know i i always wanted to drive a corvette and so mm -hmm. i you know i grew up and i spent all this money on a corvette or you know whatever the the fancy sports car is that you want it's just you know even if you you know started out driving a ford taurus or a or a, a plymouth volari jb right right <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh you know uh that's that's just what uh you know oh somebody has a, a dream guitar that they always wanted and they suddenly find themselves with the means to get it and so yeah, I'll go out and I'll spend $2,000 on this Les Paul um, that they're probably too busy to play because they're too busy, like, being a lawyer or something that's allowing them enough money to be able to spend on that. I think that's a that's a really good point. I think a lot of it is uh, the the comfort in knowing that the instrument you're going to use is, I, I, I'm you know a, a sound one like for mm -hmm. instance you and I were always tuning the squire oh, yeah uh, my strat bless its heart you know you always had to fix a pickup or something like that but you know my friends who own Gibsons go you don't do much to it you know it always works it's, it's very consistent it's very reliable you you maintain it but the sound is is always what it is it's consistent it's it's beautiful and and I wonder if that's part of it where the the extra, uh, you know, a lot of, there went us a lot of maintenance into writing music when we were kids because of the gear that we had. And I wonder if it just makes it easier where you can walk into a studio and know that you pick up your $5,000 Gibson and it's going to sound exactly like it did when you put it down. Yeah. I mean, I and think, I, I think that, I mean, I think that's part of it. Yeah. There's definitely something to that. And I mean, even when, uh, you know, I've never owned anything really expensive but you know the difference between my uh my secondhand ovation that had a, a giant crack in it uh that but still played decently uh and when i eventually spent like six seven hundred dollars on uh, a fender acoustic with uh with good fishman pickups in it uh it was night and day you know in terms right. of just yeah basic maintenance like the just the machines worked better the it just felt better it was easy to play for longer and uh there's something about that you know it's it's nice to be able to you know kind of feel punk rock about playing on a, a you know a cheap instrument and just banging the heck out of it but it's nice to have something quality to play on too right so so let me ask that because I, I think this this is the, the segue into from what guitars we remember. What's the first song you remember hearing and going, I want to play that or I, I want to be a guitar player when I Oh, that's up. not fair. That is really embarrassing. But um, the song that there you go, you knew the answer. 
<laughs> more than words by extreme i heard that song and i'm like i need to learn how to play this that's so <laughs> what when where were you when you uh, heard this that's the other well, that, thing I that would have been the summer of 1991 and we were okay. driving across the country moving between mclean virginia and provo utah so uh okay. and i don't know it was just you know was in middle school and that's what i heard and it was the summer of that losing my religion and motown philly and uh so you know that's what that's what i wanted to learn so mine was probably a mix of the first songs i remember hearing with guitar in them were classic rock so your credence some of those kinds of things, but you know this. My song was, of course, Sha la 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 la. Mr. Jones mm-hmm. and me, not not me. I didn't. I didn't want to hang out with Mr. Jones, but Mr. Jones was actually the song because I spent an entire summer after I got my guitar watching oh, VH1. There you go. And eating the nacho cheese from Costco uh, with my neighbor, Steve Taylor. And I just absorbed VH1 for an entire summer. And I would watch Mr. Jones and, you know, they played Counting Crows. They played Mm -hmm. Stone Temple Pilots. They played Mm -hmm. Pearl Jam, to your point. Um, And and that's what I remember. I remember watching these people go, this doesn't look that hard to, to write a these are really catchy. and and that that wasn't a hard song that was the first song that so my dad taught me to play guitar i should i should bring that up because that's that okay. is important it was really funny because he had the hardest time trying to figure out more than words because he didn't understand okay. and we i mean we didn't know it's tuned down a half step and so he's like i think they're like using studio tricks i don't know how they i i don't know how to play this um, but, um, but when the first time he heard Mr. Jones, he heard it and he said, a minor G D minor C and it was like, and it was just like, Oh, that's how you play the song. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that is how you play that song. Right. And cause that, that it wasn't that hard. That was a, that was a pretty simple song. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was easy to just jam on it. So of to the point where it's been parodied right. multiple times for the, especially the video, which always makes me laugh. Um, I believe, in fact, Jack Black and Jimmy Fallon just did a version of it uh, on on the. I have not seen this late night show, which always makes me, the fact that it's still around uh, to this day is is pretty entertaining. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to teach myself. I don't. I am certainly not Eddie Van Halen, but. My mom was piano player. My dad, great singer, relatively tone deaf, I I believe, but has one of the best voices I've ever heard. So uh, it was one of those things where I think having the piano uh, helped sort of guide me to what I was supposed to be listening for and what I was supposed to be doing. But that kind of leads me to this. I, I mean, I think a lot of people here on World Guitar Day have a guitar in their life for a variety of reasons. You know, obviously for me, it changed my life. It kept me from 
a lot of the difficulties of divorce from not knowing what I was going to do with my life. It's always been something that uh, people ask me why I don't keep a journal. I say I do. It's just not one that I write right. down on a daily basis. It's it's a track record of songs I've written and those kinds of things. Uh, and you've been with me for most of that. So you obviously know how my life has changed and as my music style has. But But for you, how would you say the presence of a guitar in your life has changed it. I mean, through adolescence, for the better. it, it was therapy. I mean, that's, that's what I would do looking back on it. Like I had, I had issues. I mean, we all have issues, right? But you know, I wasn't going to see a counselor. I wasn't medicated. Uh, I had a guitar and I would sort of play my feelings out. And, um, that that worked right. and finding other people who i could play with was incredibly important and it was that outlet that made me feel like okay you know i'm i'm angry i'm upset i can channel that by you know playing some uh you know some nirvana some the cure some uh you know whatever i'm feeling or I can, you know, play some happy songs. I can play Toad the Wet Sprocket. I can play whatever. Uh, actually, I, sh- I should say, <laughs> when I was feeling really right. sad, I'd probably also play Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, I was going to have I some gonna really notice. damn depressing songs. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting pick for your happy band. But uh, I mean, <laughs> they do have a few happy songs on the later albums, especially. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's it's really interesting that th- this one little this thing become such a part of you uh do you worry that the way music is today is changing that in in the sense of you know here's a bunch of kids who are lost and wondering what to do with their lives they meet other kids who are lost wondering what to do with their lives they sit in a garage it's the, the dave grohl kind of brought that up like mm-hmm. it used to be a bunch of people would play crappy music in their garage people would come over and listen to the crappy music eventually those people would become decent musicians and play better music and you know here becomes the band do you worry that we're losing that the way the industry is now or do we still have enough of that that um, we're getting the true authentic value of the guitar what we what i think we've done is we've moved from the garage to bedrooms and YouTube. And I think that kids are still playing music and they're putting it out there and they're putting it on their YouTube channel or on a SoundCloud or something like that. They're sharing it with their friends. There's only 10 or 15 people who ever hear it. And then eventually some of them do end up like doing something with it. And, uh, the cool thing about that is the the barrier for distribution, if you've actually got something, is fairly low. And so right. you can, you know, you can actually make something that's pretty cool with only like a hundred bucks of equipment. And uh, right. if if you've got it and uh, and yeah. that's that's really cool. That's actually really inspiring. Um I think some of them are maybe moving away from guitars, though, uh, and I see okay. a lot more 
kids doing uh, synth music. And okay. um, I, I think that's maybe just because that's where music's at right now. And it's easy to fix. If you, if you mess it up, uh, you know, you can just change the beat in the computer track or whatever. Uh, and you can auto fix some of it, um, which is great. Because, man, wouldn't you love to have been able to, you know, change some of or fix some of your mistakes on the fly and make yourself sound way better? I, I certainly would have. That's way cool. I still yeah, would. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think there's that. And um, I, I mean, I think music is always going to be that outlet. Um, and and it's just it's just changing a little bit. Yeah, I think the outlet is the key. I think it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously we're talking about guitars, uh, but I think the outlet is still the same. I am amazed at what a a synth or a computer can make a guitar sound like in, in the sense of, you know, I use FL Studio and you can basically play a pretty decent sounding electronic guitar or in some cases an acoustic guitar with just the sample pack that they have. And I think the reason I mentioned that is the only reason I'm concerned is I think as great as that is, there's just something about picking up the instrument and, you know, playing it that, that I think brings that whole extra spectrum of what it means to write a song and that kind of thing. But, but I think that's more of, I think just my take on that. That's certainly true. Uh, And the, the contrary to that is um, one of my favorite guitars that I ever owned. And I, I wish I still had it. Uh, was a Line 6 Variax. And I don't know if you've ever seen one Oh, of nice. Um, I, ha- yeah. I have. So yes. uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Variax is a guitar, but then it also has a, uh, a pickup in it. Uh, so it, it's a normal guitar, but then it has an electronic pickup in it that will do electronic modeling and modification of whatever you're playing. So on the fly, you can uh, you can switch a knob, and it will change the tuning of your strings uh, to make it sound like you're playing in an open tuning, uh, so that you can easily transition right. to play you know a song that's in a different tuning or whatever, or or drop D to play that play that metal or that punk song or whatever what have you. Uh, it'll it'll also change you know. It's supposed to have a lot of different sounds of different kinds of guitars, uh, your your Fenders, your Gibsons, etc. But then it also has a sitar setting and a banjo setting. So, you know, that was funny to be able to sit there and, and, and play Rainbow Connection and make it and do a Kermit voice and, you know, uh, <laughs> sit there and play the, the sitar songs by the Beatles that I never thought I'd ever be able to play because <laughs> it's like, oh, that's on the sitar. That so is really interesting. That was really fun. Um, so, I mean, my hope is, uh, I mean, I I know crap about keyboards. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I knew how to play piano um, because then I'd be a step ahead. Uh, you know, I want the guitar that will, you know, let me, let me play piano parts and synth parts on my guitar because that's the only thing I can play. So... Gotcha. There you go. I, uh, I, I have never used such a tool. I am one of the weirdos that's like, if I'm going to play an accordion part, I'm actually going to go get an accordion 
and and hack through it till I get the piece I want. Well, so you're talented enough to I be able prob- to do that. So <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's true. I, it might be more of I'm the get off your get off my lawn kind of person <laughs> when it comes to music. So to those of you listening, I apologize if I sound more like uh, in my day. You know, we picked up a stringed instrument, so I, I certainly don't mean it like that. I, I mean it more of uh, is are we losing what the music is intended to be um, by not handing someone the instrument and, and asking them to play it? And again, I I don't know that that's true. It's it's just a quandary that I sometimes have as as we continue to take music away from schools and and those kinds of things. Um, I, I worry that, that part of it is we're, we're taking that, that value of having the, the creation of art in your hand. Um, I don't know, you know, those of you who are listening, if you're, for instance, an artist, uh, I would be interested to see if, if people feel the same way about, for instance, the canvas and if drawing on a, a laptop screen has that same <clears throat> feeling you know, away from actually painting or, or whatever it is you extremely talented artists do. Um, cause sometimes I wonder if it's the same vibe taking the, the guitar or the cello or something out of, out of people's yeah, hands. That's, that's an interesting point. Um, I mean, the one good sign is Fender still sells a lot of those Squire guitars. So somebody's buying them somewhere. <laughs> there's, there's teenagers who are getting those for their, 14th birthdays just like i was and um you know they're they're picking those up i think we're just we're not seeing it because they're um they're doing it in other places and we don't you know we don't hear garage bands in our neighborhoods uh you know because they're they're all in in their bedrooms and putting it which again i i'm i'm with it i think that's great it does seem like there's a lot of those intro packages for guitars on amazon that have a couple hundred reviews. So that is a positive sign. So on this world guitar day, uh, my advice is continue to buy whatever guitar you want, because it's not so much about the instrument as it is about the feeling you have behind it. Um, and I think on subsequent podcasts, you and I will talk a lot about, you know, the process of songwriting or um, the meaning behind it rather than the tool itself to do that and I, like you said i think that's that's especially important uh to to make whatever guitar you have um kind of an, an outlet to the 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 message that you want to share with people i like it yeah so one last question i have for you mm-hmm. if you could if you had all the time you wanted mm-hmm. to to play again what would you what would you play like what would your layout be you know i i've always really wanted uh a a butterscotch blonde uh fender telecaster and every few years okay. they put out uh one of their like 52 reissue the the packages with that's basically you know the the nice version of that because the the vintage guitars are persnickety, so it's like let's let's actually build it with uh, modern tuning machines and a modern bridge and so on, so that it actually plays better. But um, but the look and the feel and the sound, um, I've always really 
like that. I love the the look of it. I love the sound of the Telecaster. It's a little bit country. It's a little bit rock and roll. Um, but right. I just, I just, I love it. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's not your standard Strat, uh, but you get some of that. But you can you play uh, you you can play some surf rock on that. You you can play regular rock. You can play you know kind of country inspired stuff. And I just and the, there there's so many people who use uh, that that same instrument, and it's iconic for a reason. And I just I think they're beautiful. And, uh, and, and I like them. So I don't know that that's probably what I do. I would, I think you and I both would, would go for, I remember going to a John Fogarty concert, which mm-hmm. was great because I got to take my dad and it was, it was hilarious. Cause you know, he, my dad hadn't seen Fogarty for 30 mm-hmm. years and, and here he's getting to see him again. He brought out his rack of guitars and he was kind of walking through each one of them going, okay, you play this for this. And he'd pick it up and he'd play uh, Fortune mm-hmm. Sun. And then he'd pick up this one. And he's like, this one's a little more rockabilly. And he'd play uh, Up Around the Bend mm-hmm. or something, right? So in that vein, I would probably get, uh, I mean, I'd probably get a, a studio mm-hmm. Gibson, right? I'd probably have a, a, a Strat mm-hmm. on hand because I do love my Strat. Uh, I may throw a, a Gretsch in mm, there, yeah, right, just to just to be cool. Um, and then I'd probably have a a, a couple of of Martin yeah. acoustics. I've I've really enjoyed the Martin I have now that they make an entry level. Uh, and then on the bass side, I I'd get a fretless Fender because you know I'm I'm more of a four string yeah. person. Uh, I really like the Deleo Schechter bass model. Um, so I'd probably do something like that. And then, I don't know, maybe a really nice Dean mm-hmm. acoustic bass, something like that. Um, and I just, like you said, I just put them on a rack or hang them on the wall and, um, write a song and then go downstairs and go, okay, which one do I think is going to sound best through my, through my, my cabs and, and give it a try. But yeah, I would probably say the Strat would be right. my go-to. I like the action. I like the. I like the sound. I like making the, uh, the Mike McCready <laughs> face, hit the post solo uh-huh. Mike McCready face, uh, those kinds of things. But yeah, I'd I'd probably have a couple of, of, of right. different ones on both sides that I to get different and, sounds and from each. The Strat is such a great guitar, and my, uh, so my thing is is like. I would, <laughs> I'm such a creature of habit and I'd probably only end up using like two of the pickups anyway. So I figure why not just get a Telecaster right? and, <laughs> you know, not, not pretend that I'm, uh, that I'm ever going to use that, that middle pickup. I'm either going to be, uh, either the neck or the bridge only or, or try and do in between. But so, uh, yeah, so you would you'd get a Gibson. You, would you get a Les Paul, or would you go for like a an SG? Um, I like the the Les Paul Studio ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would probably once I decide what my sound would be. You know, like for instance, uh, I really like Stone Double Pilots. I really like Better Than Ezra. 
mm-hmm. bands like that. So once I picked what kind of sound, I would probably, I mean, again, if I had infinite resources, I'd just call the Gibson and go, okay, make me one that gives me this kind of vibe. You know, right. Because they seem to have special models all the time. Uh, I would probably be less likely to do that with some of the other manufacturers just because I know them a little better. Um, right. Yeah, I, I like the Les Paul Gibsons. I like that the SGs are great, but I would probably go and say, okay, I want this color and I want it to sound like Kevin Griffin or, or DeLeo or something like that. Yeah. I think, I think if I were, if I were going for other things, um, I'm such a, I'm such a fender guy at heart. I'd probably out of left field, uh, get a Jaguar. Okay. Um, just because I, you know, I was talking about the Telecaster having, you know, only two pickups, but uh, the Jaguar, you not only get different pickups, but then you can run them both in series or parallel. So it's like six different sounds on it, and they're all twangy and ridiculous sounding. And uh, that just that just sounds really, um, really like punk rock alternative to me. So nice. I, I love I, I kind of like that. And uh, I'd probably probably go with something like that i i've never been a i've never been a gibson person i wouldn't mind an sg i just i my problem is they're so heavy yeah they <laughs> i are. can't carry that thing around oh my gosh it's like uh don't make me stand up with this it's gonna hurt my neck they, uh, they have such a great they have such a great feel but you do have yeah. to both of us growing up fender guys it it is a definite shift even the schecter was a different shift for me to have such a, a different body style right? Um, compared to the Fender. Uh, and, and as a side note, Fender, Schecter, or Gibson, please feel free to contact us if you would like us to plug your gear more in future yes, podcasts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or, or anyone else. Uh, would be happy to. We'll, we'll try it out and, and we'll tell you what we'll chill. That is, that is fine. Yeah, but, yeah sure. Uh, yeah, we. It is funny that we grew up. I mean, with the with the gear that we did, I think if we went back to some of the the first PV amps and uh, guitars that we had, people would go, "How did you even survive playing some of that stuff?" And, uh, that's, we were it's not about what you. It's not about what you played. It's what you did with it. Yeah. Right? Well, we were only playing like Weezer and Bush and. <laughs> Foo Fighters, so yeah. you know it wasn't in the basement of an Arby's. So, <laughs> so it didn't. It wasn't that demanding, and and the fact that it all sounded like that sounded like mid nineties music. So uh, that yeah. that worked. Side note: Arby's, we have the bands. So, thank you, Orem Utah Arby's, for lending us your basement I, I think regularly. I think we need to unpack that for people who are unfamiliar with this because that's got to sound like it's completely out of left field. They're like, wait, what? They played in Arby's? We did. No. We played in the basement of an Arby's. There, they had a little room down there. Yeah, there is, there is an Arby's on State Street in Orem across from the University Mall that has a basement party room that you could rent out and we would do that, and then we would have shows down there with our friends. So good. <laughs> there weren't many venues in the Provo Orem area, but we owned that Arby's. 
That was great. That was. That was a great. We got to do our own flyers and everything. Yes. <laughs> Invite yeah. 40, 50 of our best friends out to come and hear us and pack in that, that room at Arby's and then go eat uh, RBQs and uh, horsey sauce afterwards. Yes. Yes. So Arby's is not an official sponsor of World Guitar Day, no. but um, it is always good to have a local venue who uh, takes care of fledgling musicians. So shout out to that Arby's. Right. So so one final thought I had about gear, uh, you know, talking about uh, the the gear we grew up with and the the vagaries of that, um, you know, that Squire it was just impossible to like really keep that in tune and we'd always laugh about it. But, um, I, I had this crazy thing that happened to me this summer. I saw this movie hearts beat loud with Nick Offerman. Have you, have you heard about this movie? Do you know anything about it? I have heard about it. I haven't haven't seen it yet. The basic premise is Nick Offerman owns a record store and his daughter is a high school senior and she's about to leave for college and uh, their thing is they go play music together. And he was a former musician and uh, they they just write songs together. They play them. They record them just for their own fun. And out of nowhere, she starts writing. Well, she falls in love, which is important. And so she starts writing these really great songs uh, about her new girlfriend. And uh, they start recording them. And uh, they go on Spotify, they start actually getting popular. And uh, then it's like, he's like, hey, you know, you shouldn't go away to college a thousand miles away. You should stay here. Let's make music (laughs) like you and me, (laughs) kid and dad. Um, It's really cute because it's Nick Offerman. But uh, at one point in the film, he goes out and buys one of these $3,000 Les Pauls. And she's like you can't afford that. And he's like, eh, so what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, and, and up to that point, they were, they were recording the bass on, a, on a Squire Bronco bass. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. One step down from even that. It's like, man, that bass was probably a hundred bucks and it sounds like 50 of it. <laughs> but it, it awesome. made me rethink, um, you know, my, my view of that and rather than like oh man we had really crap gear and i'm like yeah you know what the gear is what you make of it and and that's right. uh, that's fine that's very true and we had to spend money on pepsi and red vines right. anyway <laughs> and and those of you who who might not know minimum wage was three dollars and five cents or something back when yeah when we i were think a kid so you definitely took it, the gear it i think it got raised to 425 when like our senior year of high school so yeah it was not not very high gear was very different back then so there was you had to own a soldering iron for instance when you had a guitar oh my gosh how many times we had to re-solder stuff oh that poor squire oh man (laughs) it's doing somebody good somewhere i i hope so (laughs) (laughs) well good well thanks to all of you for listening and thanks for joining us on i hope all of you have had a great World Guitar Day. Uh, it's it's always good to, to get to talk about things that are important to us. Uh, in fact, uh, our next one will probably be discussing more about something that's very important to both of us. Midterm elections. 
so stay tuned for another mini uh, podcast from us here in the near future about that. And uh, until next time, I'm JB. I'm Andy. And this could have been worse. Yes, it could have. Brought to you by Squire. Brought to you by Squire. Bop, 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 bop. Meanwhile. Bop, 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 bop. Shut this off. Shut these all up. I'm warning you, turning off these machines would be extremely hazardous. I'll tell you what's hazardous. You're facing federal prosecution for at least a half a dozen environmental violations. Now, either you shut off these beams or we shut them up for you. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. You shut that thing down and we are not going to be held responsible for whatever happens. No, we won't be. Shut it off. Hate is always foolish. Love is always wise. Always try to be nice. They never fail to be kind. Don't shut it off. I'm warning you. I, I've never seen anything like this before. I don't yeah, know. I'm not interested in your opinion. Just shut it off. Could be worse. And to make a long story short, too late. It's worse. Shut it off.